Welcome to our Saturday conversation. Tom Dinard, his, his eyes are not bloodshot from trying to figure out this uh, figure out this coaching shirts. Neither are mine. And Brian Newbert is uh, going to be covering Purdue, Nebraska later today. The Boilermakers take on the Cornhuskers. Everybody knows that at 2.15 today. Uh, Tom, there is a coaching search going on. You've been filing every day and putting some really good stuff on there about what the heck we know. We do know one thing that Mike Babinski and company know how to do this. They're not going to, they're, they're not making it easy for anybody to figure this stuff out. And, and, and rightfully so in today's world, but it really has been an interesting process so far, just because we don't, we know, we lo, don't know a lot of nothing, but we do know that there are a couple of people that uh, we think they've interviewed, interviewed for Tyson Helton being one, but what, just what's your overall impression so far? You, it, this I now would be day four. If you count Wednesday as day one, uh, of the coaching search. Yeah, I think it's an attractive job. It's got the interest of a lot of people, Alan. And um, obviously a big hire, every hire is a big hire, but uh football coach at a Big Ten University with the momentum Purdue's had under Jeff Brom, especially the last two years. The investment being made in the program too, Alan, we know about the $45 million renovation work going on now at ross Stadium as well. And uh, so, yeah, there's interest. It's a program on the rise. and I think maybe the biggest issue people have, Alan, is the sense of urgency, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's another job open right now, but the Purdue job that I'm aware of, there's a lot going on, right? The transfer portal open on Monday. Kids signing classes December 21st. The high school kids can start signing, of course. And it almost sounds funny to say this, Alan, but bowl prep. Don't forget about <laughs> bowl prep. Purdue's, got, Purdue's actually has a game to play. So, uh, yeah, there's a sense of urgency, right? I know Purdue, Mike Bensky said this in his press conference this week. They don't want to move with haste, right? Right. And I don't think you want to either. In all yeah, honesty. exactly. Yeah, this, this is huge hire, right? So, yes, everybody wants to coach now. They want to coach yesterday. Um, but we know Michael Bensky is going to do his, his, his just due. He's going to be thorough in vetting people and trying to identify the best candidate. I know there's a lot of anxiety out there not just among the fan base, but parents, players, coaches. What's my future going to look like, Alan Carpenter? That's what they all want to know. Yeah, and that, and that uh, is the $64,000 question. We are up to our hot board 2.0 as of as of Friday, and I don't know if we'll be to hot board 5.0 by the time <laughs> we're done. Who knows? But I do think it's, it is interesting. A couple names that came up early for us. Todd Munkin, obviously the uh, – the uh, OC at Georgia uh, yeah. was he the highest paid OC in the country at, or, or close to it uh, has some has some exp- or is, is a Midwest guy and then the other one Tyson Helton from Western Kentucky it sounds if our intel is correct and we don't know we never know for sure because they're not telling us directly but it sounds like that maybe uh, maybe Munkin is gonna is gonna stay with Georgia not ready to jump uh, before the before the their uh, college football playoff, which would be New Year's Eve when they they take on Ohio State. And that probably will put him not in the picture at Purdue because uh, at Purdue, I agree with you, Tom, I, with what Mike Babinski said. He's He wants to get this done, but he's not going to do it in in wild haste. And I think there might be a little bit of a sentiment if, if uh, Youngkin is not in a situation where he wants to move just yet, maybe he's not – as that interested in the job. And I get that. That's a reasonable sentiment. 
But uh, certainly Tyson Helton is an interesting candidate. Western Kentucky, coach with Jeff Brom. His brother, Clay Helton, is a coach at SC. Not that that necessarily has anything to do with anything. But he's got an innovative offense. I don't think there's any doubt that uh, Mike Babinski and the Purdue Brass would be interested in having somebody that can sling it around a little bit and, and develop a program. Helton, 45 years old. What you know? What do you think about those two developments and what you know? What we don't know 100% what reality is, but it seems like uh, one may be still very much in the picture and one may be out. Yeah, Jeff Monk, and you're right, Alan. Big, uh, big games remaining for the Georgia Bulldogs, and I'm sure Purdue would want their new head coach to be on the job ASAP, right? For obvious reasons that I talked about at the top of this uh, simulcast transfer portal issues, recruiting class, you got to hire a staff. So you really can't have your head coach off and away still working his other job. Uh, but again, I will say this about Todd Monk and the people I've talked to, everybody's impressed by Todd Monk. Yeah. Uh, you said from, went to, he's from Wheaton, Illinois, went to Knox College. Uh, just well-respected guy, Alan. He's 56 years old. Been a head coach at Southern Miss. He's worked in the NFL, worked with Dirk Cutter. Uh, his resume, Georgia speaks for itself. So uh, just a lot of positive things and a very laid back personality. I'm told that would really fit well in West Lafayette. Uh, and I tell you what, then you have Tyson Helton, like you talked about. Brother Clay was at USC. He's now the head coach of Georgia Southern. His dad, their dad is Kim Helton, who coached right. uh, the Houston Cougars. And I think he's on, I think he's on Tyson's staff as a consultant, I believe. But anyway, good lineage there. You talked about their relationship with Jeff Brom he's almost like a up-and-coming Jeff Brom kind of a kind of a coach cut from that same template right an offensive coach he's been in Bowling Green for four years Alan he's got four bowl bids all success all four years and again I get a lot of good reports from people I talk to about Tyson Helton so I think you would agree with me right if, if uh, you were to pick maybe a front runner at this point maybe it is the Western Kentucky head coach yeah I think it's a uh... Uh, certainly. And, and one thing we do understand, Mike Babinski, this is Saturday. We'll be on the road this weekend. We're flying around. To, I think we're kind of past the point of trying to do tail numbers and figure out where guys are, because uh, we did find out one thing at the end of the press, Mike Babinski's press conference on Thursday that uh, Brian Newbert had asked him as he was heading out the, out the door. They are using a search firm for logistics, so they know what they're doing to try to keep because because confidentiality for a lot of these guys is really important especially as these teams, some of these guys may be of teams that are in the college football playoffs or in big bowl games like we talked about, and uh, that uh, becomes an issue. But it sounds like, from what we understand, that they did reach out to Dave Clawson at Wake Forest, also Mike Elko at Duke. I think from what we understand, that Elko's $6 million buyout is probably more than Purdue wants to wants to to uh, buy off in Clawson. Uh, what, what do you think there? I mean, it sounds like maybe a family issue that, that yeah. might want to keep him at Wake Forest. Yeah, he'd be a heck of a fit, I think, at Purdue. Dave Clawson, of course, was at Bowling Green and was offensive coordinator at, at Tennessee long, long ago. Um, just a very innovative offensive guy. He's had some great attacks in Winston-Salem in recent years. Uh, just a terrific, uh, terrific quarterback, too, and Sam Hartman. So, I think that offense and his personality would have been good fits in West Lafayette. But like you said, Alan, there seems to be maybe a family issue that may, may just want to keep him tied to where he's at at this point. He's, he's got a nice gig in Wake Forest working in the ACC there. So um, again, I think he'd be a, a good get, but 
it sounds like, uh, again, some, some family issues may, may be something that keeps him tethered to where he's at right now. And I, and I use the term family issue. I don't want to, I, family preference. I think, you know, you, you, know, you have that, to remember yeah. too, that in these deals that spouses are part of this, children are part of this sometimes, you know, and I think coaching, and you know this more, far more than I in the wonderful world of NIL and transfer portal, you know, you find something that's work that works and you're making 3 million or whatever, whatever he's making a little over three, I think at wake. And you say, boy, I'm not, it's not all that bad here. Yeah. Maybe it's five at Purdue, but maybe this is, this works. So I don't blame guys for that yeah. uh, because how much money do you need? Now money's not the whole issue. We get that, but it is an interesting thing. I do think I do agree. And you said this from the get-go that the Purdue job is a, is attractive and, but it's got, it's got, it's got to find the right fit. And I think that that's where it's interesting with Mike Babinski. You need to find someone that, that really wants to, to, to continue to develop because you've got to get a person here in my view that can develop talent. You know, you're not going to walk in for a number of reasons with, uh, as we know, we've been watching Purdue football for, for seems like uh, 70 years between us that, uh, you know, you just don't get the four and five star talent. You've got to be all the time. You've got to develop it. You've got to play the transfer portal well, and uh, you need to be a builder of a program. So it does take a unique individual, and it takes more than a, a one hour Zoom interview probably to figure that out uh, if you're Mike Babinski. Yeah, boy, Alan, um, you look how this job is, just how any college football job has changed from when Jeff Brom took over back <laughs> 2017 no question. Now. I mean, my oh. goodness, the transfer portal. Then you have the instant eligibility from the transfer portal. And of course, NIL are the, are the big things that have taken place to really reshape the landscape of college athletics across the board, football being the biggest moneymaker of them all. So it's hypercritical. You get a coach, Alan, that not only can diagram an off tackle play in a, in a skinny post, but you got to get a guy that can, uh, embrace and know how to manage this new landscape right particularly the transfer portal is the big one and i think that gets back to being able to manage people being able to relate to young people alan this isn't 1975 85 or 95 or even 2005 where these coaches can be dictators and they're going to say jump and the players are going to say how high um they're getting paid almost they're going to be there they're basically professionals in a lot of ways and um, you got to treat them as such and i think um you got to work with them it's not your way or the highway. You got it. You got me. You may have to have two sets of rules, Alan, for players like it or not. They're good players that deserve special accommodations on and on. It goes. You need a, a special personality, a guy who can handle again, not just the, the dynamics of Saturday and winning the game, which is obviously a huge criteria for any head coach, but the ability to manage people, manage a roster, keep it together Alan, and to build a roster in this whole new world order. Yeah. One other name that uh, we all knew when he was here and a very popular guy and a very energetic guy, Jamarcus Shepard, mm -hmm. now at uh, Washington. And one of the things that, and again, I'm just using whatever experience I have and how you, how you, how you hire folks, and I haven't hired football coaches, but you interview guys too. And I'm not saying that Jamarcus Shepard couldn't be a candidate at some point in time. Certainly the players have expressed their, their love for him. And uh, there some of them are the desire to have him back in West Lafayette. My gut feeling is Purdue will talk to him at some fat in some point with well, somebody will uh, from Mike Babinski or his staff, 
But, and, and you may able to talk about the importance of that because you never know, it, it may not be Jamarcus Shepard's time right now, but it might be three to four years from now, who knows? And you wanna make sure if you're interviewing folks, you also wanna do the job in cultivating good relationships, keeping people that you really do respect uh, in the fold and you never know for sure uh, where this process will take you at the end of the day. Yeah, boy, um, Jamarcus is well thought of. You talked about that, Alan. Even Mike Bobinski sort of addressed the, uh, the, the voice of the players during his press conference on Thursday, yeah. right? And they've been very vocal for anybody who follows such things. And I'm sure everybody watching this on Twitter. So they all know the players are rallying around bringing back Jamarcus Shepard from Washington where he works for Kalen DeBoer. Uh, Marcus would be a popular hire for the players, bring a lot of energy. He knows what it takes to win at Purdue. He's from Fort Wayne. He went to DePaul. He's a proven coach, developing some good receivers. He's 39 years old, and he'd bring a lot of energy and juice to this job. Be a little bit of an outside-the-box hire, Allen. But as I wrote, I think on Friday – you know, that, this has sort of been a trend if you look at the NFL and if you look at yeah, college, a lot of young guys, a lot of young guys, Alan. I mean, look at these in the NFL, the Dolphins coach, the Vikings coach, the Bengals coach, Sean McVay. You can go on them. Cliff Kingsbury got the job at Arizona. They're hiring these young whiz kids, so to speak. In college, you're seeing it with Marcus Freeman getting the job at Notre Dame, having never been a head coach. You're looking at guys that, that look at the Pac-12, Alan, Dan Lanning in Oregon who was at Georgia just as a, as a coordinator. You have uh, Kenny Dillingham just got the job at Arizona State was a coordinator in Oregon. And uh, you, you, even Lincoln Riley, right? He's, he's only 39 years old. Of course, he was at Oklahoma before he went to USC. Um, but you can find other examples of schools not being afraid just because a guy doesn't have a head coaching experience um, of making that guy your head coach. And these are schools that are big time schools out on this isn't Fresno State or a slippery rock. And uh, so again, as things going, things in life go cycle in cycles. But right now, there seems to be a fascination, a copycat, if you will, hiring style of maybe, hey, let's let's look at this young hotshot who can be a recruiter. He can build a staff around him to handle a lot of the X's and O's. And this can be a guy who really cultivates the talent and cultivates the roster for us. And I agree with you, but Mike Kabinsky also was quite clear on Thursday of saying, Yeah, I hear that. It's mm -hmm. also what I'm paid paid to do is to hire the guy. And I, and I like that statement. I, I and, and I'm not nothing against you, Marcus. I personally don't think it's his time, but you like you said, you never say never. And you do keep things open for maybe the next time or or if something changes in this search. You know, you just don't know how it's all going to play out. So I think Purdue is very smart if in fact, and we don't know that absolutely to be true, but we sense that there's probably an interview happening at some level with Jamarcus. Mm. And I think that that's, uh, that's good business on both sides. And uh, one thing's for sure about Jamarcus, you get him in an interview situation, <laughs> you may not, he'll, he'll have you singing and dancing about something because he's got a great personality and uh, no doubt. Go ahead, Tom. Alan, how, how high money-wise do you think Purdue will go? That's a good question. I, 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 you know, obviously Jeff Brown was at, at 5.1 as a quote unquote quasi base. I think he made a little bit more than that. And his contract would have been by the time he got to 2027, had he stayed at Purdue at over, I think over six, I really believe they'll be, they would do 
in a, a six to seven in that, you know, if they thought they had the right person. And we do keep hearing from people that might know that uh, there is still the quotient of having a name person and there's and they're trying to identify that. I think that Mike Babinski, that's one thing I think is a, is a big advantage for Purdue right now is that Mike knows the landscape. He's been around. Uh, he's he doesn't get to, we saw him in the press conference yesterday. He's about as smooth as it can get. And, yeah. and he's not, I mean, he's, he's not selling snake oil, so to speak. He just does, he knows what he's doing. And mm -hmm. I think that that, uh, I, I think they'll have some flexibility if they think they have the right person and it's six and a half to get him there. I think they would do that. I really do. But I, I don't think it's nine. Uh, I don't think that's happening. Uh, but I think, I think because even the Elko situation with the $6 million buyout, and I'm not saying that he was their target, but even if, if in fact, both parties agreed that that's just not going to work, uh, that tells me a little bit that they're not going to just throw it, throw everything to everything to, to get that done. But uh, they know how important this hire is. We've used the statistic before, even before I was born, Purdue has yet to go back to back with winning coaches going all the way back to Jimmy Phelan and, and Noble Kaiser. So uh, it's a hard thing to back to back to do back to back winners. And that's why this job wow. is, is an interesting one. Uh, and certainly a one that's going to be very, a lot of intrigue about how it's going to play out. I wanted to ask your opinion also, obviously the developments of the week, uh, Brian Brom and Mark Hagan and mm. you've, uh, uh, and that, and how you viewed that because Obviously, Brian Brown will be around to coach uh, the offense. And I wanted, I was a little bit unclear. He will be the interim coach and in Mark, or will they be an offense defense for the uh, bowl game? Do you, did you, does that, is, Brian, is Brom Brian, the, Brian Brown is the interim head coach. He's going to call oh, and, and then, and then Mark Hagan will call the defense. And tell yeah. me what, what, uh, what you make of that. I mean, obviously, Brian Brown, to me, might be a case of, we want Aiden O'Connell and Charlie Jones to play, and and Brian can at least give you some stability in offense. But uh, maybe take it a step further from your perspective. Yeah, I had heard that from a couple of people, Al, and that was one of the reasons why Brian Brom was named the interim head coach. There was some thought that had Brian Brom not been the interim head coach, that maybe Aiden O'Connell and or Charlie Jones would not have played in the bowl game. So there's that. And uh, I think Mark Hagan would have done a fine job too. So Brian is going to stick around. I think he, we obviously know we heard Mike Bobinski talk about Brian yesterday. Brian Brom is thrilled at this opportunity. Who wouldn't be, right? Yeah. And we saw him be the interim head coach back in 2020. He led the team to win against Iowa in the season opener. And I'll tell you, Brian's a much different personality than Jeff. Um, he's 15 like, years younger too. I mean, yeah, it's almost know, like not the same family. Uh, he just yeah. seems seems a little more calm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh i think brian's smart well-spoken i think he's respected and i think he knows what he's doing so uh now i guess the big question alan and brian and, and, and mike bobinski said on thursday that he would be open to having brian brom remain on the staff going into yeah. 2023 i guess i'm just not so sure if i'm the new head coach if i want a brom on my staff nothing against yeah. brian brom but i think i want to cut cut bait with everybody named Brom and move forward. Now, Mark Hagan, that's the big one, right, Alan? Yeah. Everybody in Purdue Nation is pounding the table <laughs> Mark Hagan to still stay part of Love it. Mark, yep. And I think, I believe Mark wants to stay. I know Jeff Brom wants him. I think Mark wants to stay. He wants some type of guarantee, obviously, that he's going to have a job. 
I guess the saving grace to that end, Alan, is like we, we've talked about, maybe it was off camera. There's going to be a head coach hired before the bowl game, for goodness sakes. So you have to think so, yes. In my mind, I think the hope for fans is, or anybody wants Mark Hagan back, is the head coach is going to get hired and he's going to have a chance to talk to these people and Mark Hagan being one of them. Maybe at, at that point, before we even get to the bowl game, Alan, maybe the new head coach and Mark Hagan have worked something out. That's just food for thought. So um, we all want Mark back. I think he's not just a good coach, but he's a good person too. What do you make though that of the fact that Jeff Brom offered him at said, Hey, we want you at Louisville. And then he stays here. Was that, and I'm not going to get put anything more into it and saying, well, is that a, you know, did, was that a dissing of some sort or is that just a, was that a preference? I mean, Mark had to make a hard, maybe a hard decision to say that, or does maybe he still has a chance to be the, be the Purdue's defensive coordinator in the bowl game and still go to Louisville. I mean, is that possible also? Yeah, that, that's definitely a possibility. He could still go to Louisville after the bowl game. As could yeah. Brian Brom, right? And, yeah. and very well could. Well. I expect, I mean, I, I expect Brian Brom to go. Mark Hagan is still up in the air, but he certainly could still go to Louisville. That offer is on the table from what I understand. So uh, we'll have to cross that bridge when we get here. I think Mark wanted to come back. He wanted to coach the bowl game, Alan. He wanted to coach his guys. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to finish what he started. I think that was a big part of it, I think. And uh, so good, good, good on Mark, right? And yeah, most of the staff is still intact. Only three assistant coaches have left for Louisville. Ron English and Chris Barclay and Garrick McGee have all departed. All the other assistant coaches are still on staff. So it's still a pretty robust, robust staff. They may have to use some GAs like DJ Knox to help with running backs and they'll figure it out to fill in some of the holes there. And to a lesser degree from, I guess, a, a super fan standpoint, the strength coach, Dominic Reno is going to go to Louisville. That's mm -hmm. a huge job. Anybody who knows football knows that's a huge job. So, and it's not a shock either, Alan, these strength coaches yeah. and their head coaches are tied at the waist. So that's, that's, that's always a big hire for whoever that, that next head coach is, is making sure you got to, a good strength coach. Yeah, uh, I, I think it is interesting on that standpoint is, is looking at that, the landscape of Purdue will have a team. It will be a challenge for Purdue, certainly in that bowl game, because, yeah. cool. you know, you've got Spencer Holstage already out, uh, which is a huge loss. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got to make sure I always use and it's a bad example, bad memory for Purdue fans. And I'm, and it's apples and oranges. I'm not saying it. But when you lost in that heart of Dallas game, when Danny Hope was, when Pat Higgins ran that team and they got beat 58 to 13 by Oklahoma State, what looked like a scrimmage, I'm not saying that's going to happen. Purdue's really going to be challenged just from a mindset standpoint to, to make sure you've got all your ducks in a row. Maybe it's a bunch, it, maybe it's me at uh, age 63 thinking, uh, oh, these guys can't get right. Maybe they, maybe for the young guys, they don't care. They'll, they'll get up and play. I don't know, but it is an interesting study from, uh, from that standpoint of getting ready to play in, in what is Purdue's biggest bowl game in 19 years. I yeah, mean, really in yeah. terms of the biggest game they played in uh, hard to, hard to minimize that you're going to have a lot of people watching you on national television. You're going to want to play well, no matter who's coaching that game and who's playing, it's going to be an audition for a next head coach. Uh, mm -hmm. And you hope you, you hope you can also represent the Big Ten well. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe these Purdue players are going down there with a chip on their shoulder or something to yeah. prove. Alan. And don't forget about this: is LSU going to be motivated? Yeah, because <laughs> they won their they won their division. They they had a chance to go to the playoff. Remember late in the year, but they lost to Texas A and M. So. You got to wonder maybe if they're going to show up in Orlando with their shoulders slumped a little bit. 
ah, we really don't want to be here. So there's always that dynamic hanging over all these bowls. Who's really motivated to be there? And maybe Purdue, even though they're going to be out talented, maybe Purdue, I think, psychologically and motivation-wise, Alan, they may end up being the more motivated team here was they want to show Jeff Ron they can still win games, and they want to show their new head coach that, hey, don't forget about me next year. Interesting dynamic, interesting thought. I, I could, You could also build a case that Brian Kelly – has to move that program forward. And this is his first game to really prove that they're, it's going to be, it will be interesting. It'll keep us, uh, we'll be watching you down there and you know, oh, yeah. all the work you'll be doing, doing in Orlando. You know, hey, before we sign off again, I want to, I want to get your, I, I can offer my input, but I think people really want to know, Alan, timeline, when you think the Purdue head coach is going to be introduced. When well, I really, it's always going to break. I really believe in, in, in reading the tea leaves and the people we've talked to, and gosh knows we, we, we're working on it. Um, I can't imagine it'll be earlier than middle next week. I, and, and that would be the earliest. That would be my gut feeling because uh, Mike Babinski, again, is going to be out the be out and about. You got to think over the next two and three days, making sure we know they're still reaching out to certain people, whether they are where they are. On the tier, are they tier one guys, tier two? I don't know, but we understand, uh, you know, that that's the case as well. So it seems to me that it would be uh, no early, the absolute earliest would be Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday. And the second I say it, we'll have a press conference on Monday, but I, I just don't think so. And I, I think that uh, I really do believe Mike Babinski's been around the block before. He's not going to rush to judgment here. Uh, I don't think there's any obstacles from a board of trustees standpoint. I do think. I don't know this, but, you know, Mike, Mike Berghoff, who has been the uh, chair of the board of trustees and was very involved in the hiring of Jeff Brom, Mike Babinski and Mike Berghoff seem to work well together. Uh, and I would, would not be surprised if Mike's not, Mike Berghoff is not on the, uh, uh, on the wagon train with those guys too, in the interview process as well. So that's, yeah. what's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you know, I, I really think uh, it'll be the earliest next week. Last comment I wanted to get, I, Jeff Brom, I believe, commented uh, or said on Twitter, you know, that Purdue basically said, name your, oh, uh, I and, and I, I, and I'm not, I, and that, I don't that may, that. I don't, do not believe that. And, and believe we actually that. have some intel to say that he, I, I know Purdue respected Jeff Brom and by no means did Purdue want Jeff Brom to leave, but they knew full well and we had people inside tell us that they knew full well if that job came open, it, he was leaving and with almost any guarantee. And it almost made little sense to counter that situation. So I'm going to guess that I, I don't know this. I'm just guessing that, uh, that you certainly out of respect make a token. You know, we'd love to have you here, Coach, but we understand that Louisville is your home. But I find it hard to believe that uh, there was any huge counteroffer to keep me here because I really believe that the people in the know in athletics, uh, Mike Babinski on down, knew what the deal was with this. It darn near happened in 2018. It came within a, within a half hour of happening in 2018 as well, as well as it took a lot to get Jeff Brom here in 2016. Nothing against Jeff Brom, but uh, you know, you had to, you, he's a guy that is plotting about his future and, and has been very tied to Louisville. So I don't, I, I, I think Jeff might have been having fun with that. I don't know, uh, but uh, I don't, I don't buy a lot of that. I don't buy it at all. You shouldn't have said it, and I wouldn't. Yeah, have, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it was a good look either. To be honest, I would not. I would not have paid him another cent 
if he wanted to stay, I said, Jeff, you can stay, but I'm not giving you, I'm not sweetening your pot. Because they just signed him to a deal in April, right? I'm not, I'm not, do, I'm not doing this dance every year, Alan. I've yeah. done it a couple of times already. If you want to go, go. That's fine. You did a good job. Thanks. But I'm not, there's just, there's this axe of inevitability that's hung over Purdue for the Correct. last five years. It's not if, it's when is Jeff Brom going to go to Louisville? When, it's, it's just, it got tiresome and old and you can't continue to live like that, go. That's fine. Thanks. We're not paying anymore. You can stay if you want, but you're going to stay and work with what we've already negotiated for you. And, you know, and Purdue, to its credit, went over, you know, not in social media, but also at the press conference, went out of its way and should have. I mean, I make no mistake, Jeff Brom, you checked a lot of boxes. He did a lot that of really good things here. Yeah, and we 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 certainly appreciate that from it was well uh, even from our business even from our business standpoint it was great you know from <laughs> that but but uh, no I I agree with you and I think that Purdue also went out to do it the quote unquote classy way to treat treat him right on the back end and and uh, you know and I, and I think if Purdue fans can hang loose hang loose for a few days and not panic about the fact that uh, you don't have somebody. This yeah. can all work out relatively well uh, for Purdue that, uh, you know, you've had a nice passing of the torch, and now you move on to the next chapter. We know it won't be Deion Sanders. <laughs> no, we do know that. Imagine we Deion do. Sanders, West Lafayette. Oh, it'd be fun. He'd be great for us, wouldn't he? <laughs> So we, we, we look forward to that and we look forward to the, to this saga, uh, not necessarily coming to an end, but it will come to an end, whether we figure it out or not. Probably uh, by this time next week. I, I think that's possible. Uh, and we'll see what shakes out, uh, between Tom Deanart and Brian Newbert, myself and, and our, and Jordan Jones and anybody else that we're, that's working on this. We have fun doing it up to a point, <laughs> but it's, but we also would like some level of certainty and it ain't about us. We get that. So Tom, Tom, have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, I know you'll be uh, at least looking at that phone from time to time yeah. and checking our message boards, but we'll have some fun. We'll try to keep you up to date. We'll have another update uh, probably on uh, Monday as well, but uh, this will serve as your Saturday update. And uh, we appreciate that very much. We want to thank also the uh, the Union Club Hotel uh, for their sponsorship of uh, Saturday Simulcast. Uh, the good folks there that uh, uh, Vicki Wicks and company for, for, for doing what they do for Golden Black. So have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, hopefully we'll all enjoy the basketball game this afternoon. If you listen to it after the game, you already know the result, but uh, we'll look forward to that and, uh, and uh, a busy week ahead at Golden Black. Thanks to all. And a reminder, one last reminder, one U.S. dollar, one U.S. dollar to join Golden Black. I'll admit, coaching searches are good for business. So we've had a lot of people jump in. Uh, we appreciate you that have, and uh, we hope you'll stick with us. So have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks so much.